one of the most unique podcasts on the planet. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. The show about everything related to student transportation. If you're a student transportation professional, you found your show. Hey, bus driver. Exploring the entire school transportation universe. Talking to interesting and inspiring people, exchanging ideas, promoting student transportation industry growth, and sharing a few funny stories along the way. Now, live from Phoenix, Arizona, this is Hey Bus Driver, and this is Jason Nelson. All right, here we go. Another episode of the Hey Bus Driver podcast. We are wrapping up uh, the week, kind of post the TAA and... Man, I'm, I don't know about you, Chad, but I am tired. Like, I think I can sleep another probably 10 hours. I probably sleep all day today, but um, had to work yesterday. And good seeing everybody. Good good um, weather and, you know, a little smoky up there. But we're we're getting back after it. So got some. Got my, got my Biggie Smalls dance on yeah, got Chad, last night. Chad had his crown and all his gear and look good and so we've got uh i did i did look good yeah Thank you. some new friends from uh iowa that are joining us nikki and erica i'm not going to try and butcher your last names i'll let you guys do that <laughs> yourselves oh, um, but uh they're from a, a group called voce and uh fairly new but they've got a message that they're going to share with us today and so uh thank you for coming out of your uh busy busy transportation summer i'm sure that you guys are probably just as busy as we are and um, you know, on a Saturday, right? Yeah. yeah I see you shaking your head. So, uh, it's welcome. a loaded question yeah. this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's you guys, been a very busy school. week. Yeah. Summer yeah. school, right? Start of summer school. Oh, start yes. of it. See, I got, uh, yeah. going into our last week. So we're, we're looking forward to the, the final week. But, yeah. So what's, uh, yeah. what's your, your year been, been like? And, um, you know, are you kind of excited to put COVID behind us? Yes. <laughs> yes. So this year has actually been um, incredible. Like Nikki has helped uh, tremendously in our department this year because uh, not only did we have COVID, but our city where we live had a land hurricane, which I don't think any of us knew existed. It's called wow. a derecho. And we had a land hurricane go mm -hmm. through our city. And it just the devastated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, houses were ruined. Uh, we lost like... 70 percent i think of our uh tree cover was it yeah it was something yeah. like 70 it it's insane and uh so that happened about a week before school was scheduled to start with everything else that was going on with covid so that happened mm -hmm. and then uh within our department i had a baby so i was out on maternity leave <laughs> and then one of our other supervisors in our department had a uh, an accident that took her out for months and so five months i think something four yeah. or five months wow. Yeah, so we had a lot happen one, one in thing our on top of another. District. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um I think we're all really excited to put this year to an end. It has been an incredible year with a lot of growth and a lot of improvement, but um we're yeah. tired. Yeah, we're tired. <laughs> we're, tired. <laughs> we're ready to move on to next year, I think, and start planning and yeah. prepping and did, did you guys yeah. start your year on time or was it delayed because of COVID? No. It wasn't it was delayed because of COVID. It was actually delayed because of the derecho. Oh wow. Um and so we when, were tracking to start, but oh what what, what cities did, did the derecho take place? I've never heard of such a thing. Um so it hit Cedar Rapids, Iowa the hardest. Um 
and that is where we are. Um, it did. Um, I actually live a little bit uh, south south of Cedar Rapids. I just had to do geography there. <laughs> I live a bit south of Cedar Rapids, and um, like we lost trees and um, that. So it was it was a very very wide swath, but the the biggest concentration. I know that there were winds that were measured, I think over 150 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's like a tornado that lasted for 45 minutes across an entire city. Does that bring rain um, too, or just basically wind? I mean, when I think of it, a hurricane, I think of wind and rain. So, and then a tornado. It, oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of rain. And, hail. and so a lot of people lost roofs and like a lot of people lost their homes. Oh. Um, and then even just you want to talk about how it affects bus routes, you know, even as late as a month ago, I had a driver who came to me and was asking, you know, hey, can you call the city about this street? Because um, the derecho cleanup as they're cleaning things up still. Right. This storm happened last August. Wow. Um, and so I think they just announced um, this last week that they are three quarters of the way through the cleanup. And that's how many months later. And they worked all through the winter. I mean, it's just been endless. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but yeah, when we, you know, just as soon as, you know, a month ago, somebody's asked me like, hey, can you call the city about making it so I can get through this cul-de-sac because the logs that they've, that are stacked up there just from the street cleanup, they keep dumping into the street and I can't turn around, um, you know? And so, yeah, we've never been so tremendously impacted by a storm. And in Iowa, we're not ready for, you know, if this were, I don't want to like downplay anything that happens in places where they get hurricanes regularly, but we were completely unprepared. Um, sure. We got about 10 minutes of warning before the storm rolled in and oh, that's um, crazy. it was intense. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so yeah. I'd recommend Googling uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa derecho. You'll see all kinds of photos yeah, we'll, we'll do. of just, I, I, yeah. I Googled the yeah. definition. Yeah. Oh, what did you find? Uh, a line of intense, widespread, and fast-moving windstorms and sometimes thunderstorms that moves across mm-hmm. a great distance and is characterized by damaging winds. Mm-hmm. That's that, exactly what it was. Accurate. Yep. Good <laughs> job, Google. Can't so it's like, a, it's like a major burst to our microburst that we get here, in, you know, during our months yeah. almost. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It was just huge and devastating. And so this year really, yeah, for us has been, I was actually new uh, to our district. I've been in student transportation for uh, close to 11 years now, but um, this was my first year with this district. And um, I, you know, it was like, it was an intense experience. I think anytime you switch jobs, that in itself can be a bit of an intense experience, just getting to know a whole new work group and uh, them getting to know you, but then you add a derecho and a pandemic and a, you know, coworker out on maternity leave and yeah. another coworker, um, Big you know, shoes to fill or having an accident. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yeah. So, but we got through it and I, I could not be more proud of our team and to be part of that team. Um, has just been a phenomenal experience. Um, I think I, I accelerated my uh, getting to know the department. Like, you know, you go through his few historic events together in the space of a year, and I feel like I've been there for 20. So <laughs> yeah. it's not all, I think, yeah. not all bad. <laughs> yeah. So what's your what's your role in, in the student transportation there in your, in your district or your department? Um, so I am, I currently wear the hat of fleet supervisor. Um, so we actually have two fleet supervisors. I am the junior fleet supervisor. Um, so um, I work on the operations side of things. Um, I have worn other hats. I've been a router, a safety manager, a trainer, a driver. 
Um, I've done a little of nearly everything, though they won't let me know near payroll, which is very wise. <laughs> That's one thing I don't uh, want money anything is to do. Not with. my jam. They tell me I have right? to, I have to prove <laughs> Everything it, I've seen a payroll, I'm like, yeah. nah, nah, uh-uh. Thank you. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. feel that I'm pretty technically savvy, but it's just one of those things that I'm like, man, this is just a lot of work, you know? So yeah. <laughs> try and find somebody else to take yeah. care of it. But, uh, yep. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, so, payroll is definitely not my jam either. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'm the, I'm the safety and training supervisor for our department. I uh, do... Um, all of the hiring and uh, making sure everybody gets certified and trained. And um, also I wear the safety hat. So anytime safety is involved, that's how many, where I how many step drivers, in. How many drivers do you guys have? Uh, well, COVID, we lost quite a not few. Not enough. Yeah, not enough, I think, <laughs> is probably the uh, common yeah. theme that you hear. But yep. we have about 80. Um, ideally, we would have about 120 um, or a hundred and Got it. so you're about the same size 30. as us or close to. So, uh, mm-hmm. we're an elementary only district with, hmm. you know, about 75 at our, at our highest point, we went through a bell change, but we had a hundred and a hundred and two CDL drivers mm-hmm. for our district. And then another 20, 25 monitors. So, you know, mm-hmm. fairly sizable, um, for the, the elementary level that we do. Do you guys, do you do high school? Yeah, yep, we do K twelve school district. Yeah, right yep, cool. We sure do. Do well, it all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I th- it's kind of nice because you you know your your team gets to see their their kids grow up. You know, if they stay yeah. on the same route all year long or all you know through the educational yeah. career, they get to see the whole thing. So yeah, uh, yeah, we have drivers who have been with us for thirty years too. Yeah. So they have not only seen the kids grow, but they've seen them then have have kids, kids that have yeah. ridden their bus. Yeah. So That's it's pretty awesome. cool. Yeah. It's it's a really beautiful thing and we are we are very fortunate. We have um our drivers in attendance, they they advocate fiercely for their kids. Like they love their kids. Mm-hmm. And um it's just really awesome to watch those relationships grow throughout the years. Um I come from a district where I had a very similar experience and um it's just you know, there's moments where you want to pull your hair out, like, okay, I know, but, and then it's like, no, but like everything just comes from this just deep place of love and working for their kids and getting to know the families sure. and where that's mm-hmm. concerned. We really just, we couldn't ask for anything more. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, so as I entered this, I said, we were just wrapping up our, our state conference and um, I, I had your newsletter actually shared with me with from a, one of our vendors, a mutual vendor, uh, yeah. about mm-hmm. your organization. He talks pretty highly of, of Iowa's uh, state transportation organization. Do you sit on the board there or are you just, you know, kind of members? And, and can you tell me what, like, just I've never been out of, I've been out of Arizona for my own vacation, but not to go travel to other. <laughs> sure. other so when I say You haven't this, made I've, your vacation other yeah, states conferences yeah, that's no. I, I want to and I, I think it'd be fun to take the podcast on the road and you know, <gasps> kind of go that would be it. That'd be come amazing. on yeah. <laughs> july yeah. well so i'm going to be at our asbo conference which is a school business one in july i think the same time yeah. frame that yours is but mm-hmm. what's yeah. what's iowa's like and you know um you know, it's a couple days or is i mean yeah. how, big, how big do you guys know how many how many people attend so um I, I'm, we, neither one of us sit on the board. Um, we're, we're both just, uh, we're, we're our school district. We are members through our district of, uh, IPTA, 
um, Iowa People Transportation Association. And um, I've been to the conference once. Uh, it got canceled last year because of COVID. Uh, and there were plans to go last year. But the when I went to the conference, it was about two and a half days. It was really cool. Uh, they did a bus crash demonstration where they actually they put a lot of time and effort into a mm -hmm. huge production. Is that the they... one they remote controlled and then like ran yes. off a ramp or something? And I mean, that, yes, I they tried to get it to that. flip, but it yeah. wouldn't. Pretty yes. Awesome. And correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't that um, really play into why our seatbelt legislation mm -hmm. ended up passing? Because the data that they were able to collect from that crash and the internal sure. cameras. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, that well, Very, that very too. interesting video that was out there. You know, mm -hmm. kind of flowing yeah. Around, so. Oh, yeah it's very uncomfortable like like on the one hand i was like oh that's so cool and then on the other hand I'm like that is terrifying yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Both, of both course so, you know you gotta kind of put yourself true. in in the driver's seat so to speak right and yeah what, what exactly like? so yeah yeah i was reading in the yeah. newsletter that looks like you know so they did pass seatbelt legislation so mm -hmm. that means every yeah. every new school bus, or do you have to retrofit your buses now? We don't have to retrofit. Um, it is every new purchase. I think it was as of October. October 1st, 2019. 19. Yeah, because yes. our 20s have them. Yep. 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 So all of our, we have, uh, gosh, I can't, I, an about 20 buses now of our fleet of what, like 100-ish mm -hmm. that have seatbelts now. So, and every new purchase that we get moving forward, what, we'll what have seatbelts. What do your drivers think about that who have them? They like them? It's been, it's been a mixed bag. So the way that we assign our buses is um, often right now we will assign a driver to a bus. And so um, you, you want to have buy-in um, and we want it to be a really positive experience for the drivers. And so um, we have some drivers who've adopted them and been like, yeah, this is awesome. Um, where we run into a little bit of trouble with it is just then you get into like athletics, athletic groups that are not necessarily on the bus every day. They've never sure. seen seatbelts on the buses. And, you know, you think about it just like when seatbelt legislation just passed for automobiles, um, you know, back when and, um, how there was a lot of apprehension. And even when I was growing up, I remember, you know, like getting in the um, car and, you know, having adults in my life who are like, this is so dumb. I don't understand why we need to wear seatbelts. Right. You know, like, Nikki, you buckle up because you're a kid. <laughs> like, you know, there was kind of that protective factor, but yeah. there just wasn't really an understanding of why they needed it. And it, it really, uh, you know, um, seatbelts in general are more recent in our history, I think, than we we realize, realize or yeah. bring into thought often. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I, there is some apprehension to it and I get it. Um, I've been behind the driver's seat and I know that, you know, there's that element of, we don't need one more battle to pick, you know, like we don't need sure. one more thing to worry about. Um, and so, but we've had, we've had some really positive um, reports also with like drivers who have uh, younger kids, especially, um, you know, there's, a little bit of a learning curve. They're not quite like a car seat belt. They catch a little bit more easily over the shoulder. And so, um, you know, again, one more thing sometimes that can add to your time a little bit. But sure. um, once I think everybody gets used to them, um, honestly, you, you stop hearing about them mm -hmm. once. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know how it like sometimes in student transportation, no news actually is good news. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's some of where we land. Yeah. I think um, when I, when I first started, our district had just started turning over our fleet and they were bringing, they were including three point C belts on, yeah. on the bus. And so it was a big thing when I first got there, but you know, yeah. going into my eight school year, 
this is not a not a thing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I, and yeah. especially because the kinders, the first and second graders who have all learned, you know, how to wear a seatbelt, they're now becoming middle school or, you know, it's kind of seventh and eighth grade and it's just, it's second nature to them, right? That's what they Yeah. Know. So it does take some time. <laughs> yeah, it takes some time to, to get through that learning curve and that, you know, that culture change with, um, with the expectations on the bus. But I think that at the same time. Exactly. Okay, we've done the work, and you know it's it's only making things safer on the bus. So you know, I I see both ar- arg- arguments. Um, you know, where some people say, well, now the bus is on its side, and you got a kid just hanging there, versus you know, I don't know, some of the other videos mm-hmm. that have shown, you know, crash dummies flying through from you know the back of the bus to the front of the bus. So I don't mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know which one is less or more, but. I'm not a scientist or an engineer to, to tell you. Which is, which is I, am, I am being very quiet because I have a strong opinion against it. So I'm going to say it quietly and let you guys go on about seatbelts. You know, and honestly, I think with seatbelts, there's going to be something to be said for, you know, as with many major changes, we're really not going to know what it looks like for probably another 10 to 15 years. Sure. And, and I will um, say, I will say my opinion is not based on ignorance, like in 1958 or 1965. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is, I have a, and I hope that my scenario never comes true, but yeah. I'll share it with you off the air someday. You clipping <laughs> your nails? Are you clipping your nails? No, I'm playing with a. Oh, sound like you're clipping, clipping your nails. Like, wow, man, are we, are we that boring that you could clip your nails on the podcast? I'm biting my tongue, Jason. I got to distract myself from the conversation. Oh, this is great, though. I feel like I'm sitting in dispatch right now. You know, you find like a random office supply uh, yeah. and you start playing with it. Like, this yeah, is I, this is my jam. I, I appreciate very this. very natural. Yeah. I, very normal. <laughs> I, put, I put it under the couch so I won't yeah. be making noise. Sorry, Jason. It's all, all good. So in, you have in, nothing to apologize for. So in the newsletter that I was reading, um, yeah. there's there's at the bottom of the newsletter was uh, an article that one of you wrote. I think it was Nikki. It was me. Erica, yeah. sorry. She's the writer. No, it was Nikki. Oh, it was Nikki. Nikki's I, definitely sorry, was... the writer. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I can talk. She can write and also talk. So Perfect. she's multi-talented. <laughs> so it uh, has to do with a, a group that you both kind of co-founded called Voce. So can you tell mm-hmm. us a little yeah. bit about kind of how this got started how you landed on the name um i've certainly never heard that word so it must be a different is it like italian or different just it is italian yes yes yeah um so i have a i have a musical background um i actually uh, am a violinist uh turned fiddler if that means anything to you and uh (laughs) um it doesn't to most outside uh, that industry but i (laughs) thanks eric i appreciate you (laughs) i mean it does now it didn't yes so um when i was uh studying classical music um there's a term that you find a lot called sotto voce it means without voice or like under voice and it's um this really dramatically kind of uh dampened softened tone and um I almost think of it like a a whisper Um, and uh, naming things is really challenging. Uh, (laughs) I don't know about you guys. Um, You, you found like the perfect podcast name. I'm kind of envious of that, but um, it's great. It actually reminds me of this little like six-year-old boy I had on my bus when I first started. His name was Brian and Brian would be like, Hey bus driver. (laughs) Uh, So thank you. You've you've brought back some really great memories (laughs) for me. But anyway, back to Boche. Um, I, we were trying to figure out what to name it. And, um, you know, Nikki and Erica's uh, group of awesome women just sounded kind of campy. And so we decided not to go with that. 
And we kept coming back to this idea that part of Voce's origin was that it really, actually almost maybe all of Voce's origin came down to Erica and I just started talking. And as we started talking, we realized that we had some experiences in common. But the other thing that happened is that as we started talking, even though we weren't doing it on purpose, we noticed things around us start to change. That conversation expanded um, from something that would happen, you know, those uh, like, you know, that stolen five minutes when the radio is mercifully quiet uh, <laughs> if you're sitting in yeah. dispatch. Um, and it started expanding and expanding, you know, before and after work. But then it started expanding um, with some coworkers and friends. And um, what we really found I think more than anything is that that conversation changed us. Um, and we noticed that the things we were talking about and, and starting to open up about with each other empowered us to then carry that conversation elsewhere. And it, it all just started with, with words and with our voices. And so, you know, if you think Soto, Soto Voce without voice, right, then you have Voce and it just means voice. And so, um, you know, it's really evolved. It's funny, actually, to think about that article that was in the IPTA newsletter, because then there was actually a uh, majorly edited version that went into School Bus Fleet magazine. Um, I did some rewriting. Um, and that was in School Bus Fleet magazine a couple months ago now. And even from that point, what Voce is and what it has come to mean to us has really uh, exploded. I think um, it's so easy to limit yourself to just what you immediately know whenever something is new. And and we've as we've gotten comfortable with the idea, we've allowed it to expand. And so, really, you know, who we are and and what voce. It's not just about like oh, you know, it's really simple. Oh, it's Italian for voice. Cool beans. But um, what it actually means to us is is the there's just so much power behind. Um, what a voice can do and these small, simple conversations and the way that they can impact and change our lives and the culture and the world around us. And so that's, that's a little so, bit about our name. <laughs> what, so what do you do with this? I mean, you've got the name, you've got the idea. Mm -hmm. So what do you, what type of things do you guys participate in or what do you do just exactly yeah, to that's spread this? That's a wonderful question. We uh we are actually so as she mentioned, Voce has evolved a lot, a lot, a lot, and um and things that we have done so far is we've had uh, a meeting with just a small group of people within transportation where we started just a discussion about uh, trying to create a space where women feel um, comfortable sharing mm -hmm. some experiences. And so we've had a meeting, we are, uh, on social media and, um, our goal is to create a space for women to use, to empower women to use their voices. And so we are currently working on different ways to do that. Uh, Nikki's wrote, written some articles that, um, help, uh, share our message and we actually are in works of creating our own podcast as well so this is mm -hmm. good practice thank you um <laughs> to uh help just create a safe space and uh start the conversation and um so since voce is so new as of right now um oh we also have ipta we're gonna present at ipta as well but yeah. since voce is so new we're still kind of finding our path um but we're trying to find outlets to help create a space to empower women to use their voices. Yeah. Sure. 
both were so isolated for so long, um, you know, and in the same industry and, and what was, to be honest, it was, it's, it was heartbreaking because as we started opening up about the experiences that we've had and, and sometimes the just unfortunately negative experiences that we've had as, um, I don't think it's unique to transportation, but, um, you guys probably know, right? There's a reason that there's, this is great that there's a podcast specifically about school busing because the school bus industry is so unique. And if it's, it's sort of the industry where if you know, you know, Mm -hmm. and if you're outside, it's hard to explain the complexity and the passion and intensity that comes with what we do every day. And so, um, you know, explaining, Hey, this thing happened to me but also this thing over here that to you may seem like, oh, that was terrible. It's like, no, 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 that's just part of my normal workday. Like, that's just part of student transportation. It's sure. fine. That's not a big deal to me. Like, um, you know, having to dispatch an accident. Well, yeah, we don't love it, but it's not the end of the world either. Um, in in many for minor accidents, I, I should qualify that. But then on the other hand, you know, this thing over here. You know, maybe it was a sexist comment that was made to me. Maybe it's, um, uh, in my case, right, sometimes it's been a joke that I participated in simply because that was the culture that I was working in, but I was really uncomfortable with what was happening. And maybe it was even at my expense um, about my body or my sexuality or um, my capability uh, simply because I'm a woman. And if you don't understand the industry, it can be really hard to then understand how this is just, you would think like, oh, just report it. What's the big deal? Just report. Um, But when you're balancing all these other things and then you add to it, maybe being in a a leadership role, uh, whether that be training or whatever it might be, whatever kind of leader you are, now you're having to have your energy sapped by this thing that's happening. And at the same time, um, trying to be a leader be a leader right like you know just the normal challenges that come when anybody um anybody is is a leader and so um it can be exhausting and so what we one of you know within empowering women to use their voices the first thing we want them to know is that they're not alone because that was the game changer for both of us is that we realized we were both having these experiences we were both uncomfortable with them and we weren't alone And then, you know, that has given us the courage to start to talk more openly and honestly about things. I have reported things to human resources this year that I have let fly for 10 years that were absolutely inappropriate. Um, But I've started to get the courage to report those things because I knew that I wasn't alone. Do you find? Well, and when, and when you, when you, when stuff like that happens, especially a female leadership role, it discounts, if you will discount the right word I'm looking for, like their, their role. It, it takes yeah. away from their power. It takes away from, yeah. you know, people, some people start to disrespect what they're saying, their role. They, they mm-hmm. want, they're not going to listen to them. Like they would, you know, a man mm-hmm. they participate yeah. in a joke or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. So I, I mean, I get that where, if, you know, it could happen to anybody. I'm not the sexist part, but you know, the, even a male, if you make jokes or, or, um, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Like if you don't take your leader, your, your manager, his opinion or his, his directions genuinely, or you, you know, you kind of like push them aside mm-hmm. jokingly or whatever, it'll do the same thing. But with females, it's so much easier because it can be just a joke or a, a you know, 
inappropriate observation or something like mm -hmm. that that will diminish their power in that role and make their job mm -hmm. even harder. And it's not fair. It is not. It absolutely no. isn't fair. And there's yeah. a lot of ignorance out there with yeah. obviously among men, like, you know, not men among women, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 True with women. Yeah. It's, yeah. Women it's a cool space as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's a culture that we've grown up in and we've gotten used to because that's just the norm. And it, I wouldn't even um, it's not always ignorance. Sometimes it's just that this is the accepted. This is what's what it's always been. And well, so I, what I meant yeah. was ignorance in what it's doing. You know, they, they don't understand. Oh, the impact yeah. That oh, yeah. They don't understand the impact they're. Yeah. You yeah. Know, the things they've said or their actions are having on another person. Yeah. And I think I mean. Courtney watches some Real Housewives, and I think women understand the <laughs> impact that their voices are, are having on the other women. It's mm -hmm. pretty vile. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's just, Which I mean, is interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting but, comment because I was just curious, like, you know, some people welcome that type of attention. And so what is that, even in the workplace, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, what what does that, I mean, almost feel like that deters your message because, and maybe almost points or puts you in a in a in a interesting spot because it shouldn't be allowed in the workplace yet some people almost you know want that type of attention right and so um what do, yeah what is that what, i mean what, what would you say to that or what, how does that affect what you guys are what you what your group is trying to do i can i can speak pretty strongly to that because that's part of my story um i was in um different city uh, than I currently work right now. And I was in an environment where, um, so um, let me put it this way. I talk a lot, but I'm actually pretty shy and I'm a little, you know, I, I play violin in a band and, you know, I have a lot of fun there, but when it comes to just like day-to-day -day social interactions, if I don't know my role in it, I'm, I'm actually pretty shy. And um, I have um, contrary to popular belief, I actually have a pretty wicked sense of humor, if I do say so myself. Uh, I like making people laugh. And um, that has sometimes for me been a way that, you know, there have been times that I've, I have actively participated in sexism against women because I needed that to be able to survive in the workplace and in the culture that I was in, because I also really don't like to be alone and isolated. And so um, it's personally been a struggle for me at times with Voce because uh, to be perfectly blunt with the article that I wrote for School Bus Fleet Magazine, I felt like the world's biggest hypocrite. Um, some of the things that I, I wrote in there that it was all true, um, but then there was like, okay, but yeah, didn't you do this or this or this? And it's, well, yeah, I did. And, and I touch on it a little bit in that article, but um, I have unwittingly participated in this. Yeah, I call it the Highlander idea. You know, there can be only one. Uh, often uh, women are really underrepresented, first of all, in our driving workforce. That's not true of every location, um, but women are often underrepresented as drivers. Uh, women are also often underrepresented, underrepresented as management. Um, it is very rare to find a 50-50 or greater ratio of women to men um, in, in our industry. And, and so a lot of what I was doing is like, okay, you know, I, you develop this like weird sense of pride, um, over like, I've survived this, right. I can roll off the jokes and I can, um, I can hold my own. That was a phrase I thought of a lot. You know, I can hold my own among this group of men. And the reality is I can, 
and I can have a lot of fun doing it. But what was happening is that it was chipping away at my sense of self. And I felt like I couldn't truly be me um, because I was trying to fit in this culture that, frankly, it was inappropriate a lot of the time. It wasn't um, it wasn't fit for the workplace. And um, it's really hard when then you're also talking about the people participating in it. Um, if you're in any location for any amount of time, um, you come to regard your coworkers almost like brothers and sisters. You know, I haven't been in many locations where at some point we haven't referred to it like a family. And so then you start to look around and you realize like you're watching your friend's kids grow up. And also they made a comment that just ate you up and it's not something that you're comfortable with. And so that's been like a huge reckoning for me. And and the way that I've handled it is I've recognized I've, I've grown. And I found my voice now and I found I am finding community and ways that I can handle those situations so I don't have to actively participate. Um, And that's that's been a game changer for me. And I'm not perfect about it um, at all. I'm still I'm still learning. I think we all are still learning. But that's an interesting point you brought up is that when you know, when a when a female gets into a role like when they when they. I could see where it'd be easy to fall in that trap when you get in, finally make it to the good old boys club, right? You finally yeah. are up there with them mm-hmm. instead of, yep. instead of working to make change it, you just adapt and participate yep. in it. Yep. Yeah. And I've inadvertently kept other women down mm-hmm. because I felt threatened by them because I believed that there could only be one. And since I was there, I needed to maintain that position. And so I felt threatened by ideas, right? And what we what we all want is for school busing to continue to improve. You know, we always talk about continuous improvement. We talk about improvements in safety and efficiency and operations. We all want to create a safer environment for our kids. We face that pressure every day. And did you, did you have yeah. a did you have a when you're in that role when you first came did you have did you have a conscious thought that like it if I don't fit in, I may not last. And then there won't be Right. Any of us up here. I mean, there's maybe yeah. you know, that may just be like a subconscious feeling that I have to fit in to stay in this role. It's it's ebbed and flowed. There had been times that I was aware that I wasn't comfortable with what was happening. And we would even make jokes about, you know, oh, if HR found out, they'd have our hides. Um, so there are times that I've been aware um, or more aware, I should say. But um, it's it's really ebbed in, you know, a lot of my story is frog and boiling water. Um, you know, I got into school busing right out of college and I found myself staying there. Um, and I needed the job, you know, it's been, it's been closer to thoughts like, well, I really, I need the job. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to seem ungrateful. Um, I don't want to seem stuck up or like I'm a prude cause I'm not. Um, I don't want to seem, you know, so a lot of it's been based on like, what are others going to think of me? Um, but it's also like, it really is a thought of like, yeah, but I know him and he's a good guy. And like, I know, you know, and I'm, I'm to a fault sometimes trying to give people context um, that excuses inappropriate behaviors, sure. you know, and sexism is like one, like small, well, not small part. It's a big thing, but like, it's one part of what Voce is, but you know, we found until we start to speak up about these experiences we can't move past right. them a, a as starting, well. It's a starting point for you. That exactly. I think that probably yeah. 
I would guess as you as your group grows, right? You have more meetings mm-hmm. and you, your your message gets out there that more yeah. and more people are gonna. This is gonna resonate with them, and they're gonna say, like you said earlier, they already there are other people that have experienced. I'm not I'm not in this alone, and so you know it's gonna give them. And then by then, it's just gonna you know I think it's gonna explode yeah. into you know so many other things that you all that that women are gonna be able to to stand upon and, and group together and have that mm-hmm. voice. And that, I mean, I think you were, we're kind of seeing that with, with our culture in the last couple of years, just in, in the nation in general, right. A lot of, a lot of things, I won't call it cancel culture, but you know, the, the types of, um, you know, the me too movement, the, you know, our, our stand against racism, a, a lot of the other stuff that's going on right now that really you're finding these groups that are coming together and, and putting a voice mm-hmm. out there and, and starting to kind of stand up and rise up and say, you know, enough is enough and we're not going to, we're not going to tolerate and stand for this anymore. So mm-hmm. I think that, have you, have you found that um, maybe that type of mentality has really helped kind of get Voce some traction and what you're, you know, moving this forward yeah i mean so we my belief and i I mean i think i'm safe to speak for nikki as well is that the the way that voce began because we started talking voce began be found because we found a connection we found an ability to be vulnerable and talk to each other and through that connection we found our voices and without Um, It wasn't intentional, but we saw our voices start just little ripples throughout the department and throughout just our interactions with people in general changing. And that was just because two of us started talking. And then as we've added people to that conversation, um, it's similar to what you're talking about. We're noticing small shifts in um, the interactions around us and um, our hope is that through conversation and through connection and through community, um, people can find their voice in a way that they haven't been able to use it before and find confidence um, in themselves to use it. And eventually, um, like the only way to make change is to find your voice, find your community, and start speaking out. And so, um, yeah, I that's that would be amazing if that's what happened with Foche. We really just want to provide a space for women to um, speak and use their voice in a way that they haven't before. And um, there has been, there have been some things that have happened like the Me Too movement. And uh, you know, you mentioned speaking out out about uh, injustices and in our society and everything. And so there has been some movement already, some uh, traction, gained already and um we live in a society now where it's a little bit it's becoming okay to speak out about things um and so it's certainly helpful there's when people think of uh sexism and harassment and things they think of the really really egregious things um and you know we are typically not always, but we are typically past that point. You know, you always have the people who toe the line and go a little too far. And I, many women have those stories. Um, we are, for the most part, past that point. It's the little everyday things that just chip away, like Nikki was mm-hmm. talking about earlier, that um, that 
tear you down. It's yeah. it's being in a meeting and being interrupted twice as often as your male sure. counterparts. You what? I'm, just, I'm kidding. <laughs> exactly. It's that. Yes. Yeah. It's um, having to come into every discussion over prepared because you, most likely your authority is going to be yeah. challenged. You know, well, authority in air quotes, but um, your your knowledge and expertise are going to be called into question. It's mm-hmm. um, it's fear, honestly, of messing up. And we all mess up. I don't know. I've never met anybody who doesn't mess up at work on occasion, but it's fear of messing up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> oh, okay. Did you, uh, Nikki, did you find that when you go, yeah. when you when you started, you know, standing up and reporting into your HR, like, were they uh, apprehensive about it? Did they just kind of, did, you know, deflect you to board policy and, and try and make excuses? Or did they actually, like, you know, take what you were saying and, and, and do something about it? We are really fortunate to have a boss who advocates for us. And we have been, you know, one of the like just very real practical thing that has happened is that as Erica and I have started talking, we've been more open with our boss about what's going on. And um, he's male. And we're really fortunate to have support and that he always he, he will always hear us out and listen and we can have an open and meaningful conversation. And he's very willing to listen um, and he's he's worked really hard to create safe space with us so that we know that we can trust him to bring these things up um and so we definitely have found reception um you know it's funny because sometimes i've thought um when you're getting ready to report something to hr there's this idea of like i'm not i'm not a vindictive person it's never that i'm looking to get somebody in trouble and oftentimes the only reason i report something is because i just don't I I have a two and a half year old niece who I just, I adore. She's the world. And uh, I keep thinking about the world I want to create for her and the example I want to set for her. And I would be heartbroken if she, some of the experiences that I've reported, I would be heartbroken if she didn't say something, if it had happened to her. Um, And so within that, um, you, you kind of ask like, well, what's my end game in reporting this? And yes, I, you know, it's not about even for me personally, it's not even about like, I'm not looking for justice or a particular outcome because it can be hard to know like, well, what, what do I want to have happen now? And a lot of times it's just, I want it to stop because I want a better world for Eva. Totally make, I mean, completely makes sense. Right. And we, we drive kids. Right. So, you know, I mean, I think that's it's easy to forget about, you know, the type of work that we're, you know, you focus on your employees and and the the actual operation side of it. But the reason we're here is for for kids. And so I think that not only our own family members that we want to make things better for, but our our student population that we, you know, our community that we work for is is all in that this, you know, the same boat. And, and I think that not only is it in the workplace, right, it can happen on the bus, it can happen, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in all of those cases. And if drivers Mm -hmm. aren't hearing something or reporting or saying something, it's very easy for, for that type of behavior to be just let on until, Mm -hmm. and, you know, so it, it, it almost changes from one to say bullying and then bullying to suicide and then, mm-hmm. you know, and so on and so forth. And those are all things that if you hear it, like we could stop it immediately. Right. If we just all be better mm-hmm. people. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I, I definitely, um, it, it's just interesting, right. It's, it's, it's a whole concept is, 
um, interesting, and I, I appreciate what you both are doing. I think it's it's very obviously I'm not a woman, but um, I think it it's definitely it's a, it is empowering because, uh, like I said, I, you know we we all come together and we're all here for one common goal that we all should be able to respect each other and yeah. look at each other with the technical and um, you know the, the technical ability that they're able to bring into their position whether they're male or female right only if, if it's the best person for that job I want to mm-hmm. be able to communicate with the best person that I can to to help us end in that one common area that we need to get to and so mm-hmm. um, you know we've we've unfortunately are experiencing a little bit of that where I'm at now um, mm-hmm. you know and I don't even know if it's just because the relationship isn't there quite yet because this person's been so new with us, but, um, you know, the, the level of, um, student transportation knowledge that this person brings, like they're, they're better than I am. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if people just come to me because I've been there longer or if, because I'm a male, I, I don't really know, but, you know, I definitely witnessed the same type of, you know, behavior that you're talking about in that, you know, she's almost negated and and kind of look past because i mean i'll just assume that it, it has to do with her gender yeah. so yeah, yeah. i, I uh, grew up in a small town and i worked at the hardware store and it was the funniest thing because you know i started there uh the week after i turned 16 so basically about as young as i could start i did and i worked there until i was 19 and uh I remember being, you know, having been there for a couple of years and somebody would come in off the street and they'd want to know where something was. And I'd say, hey, can I do anything to help you? And I'd say, no, I'm all right. I got it. And then they'd go find one of my coworkers, uh, who was often a young man, and they would ask him and then he'd come and find me because he knew that I knew the answer. Sure. <laughs> and you just you see, you know, whoever whoever it was that came in the customers like, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's like that's that's wonderful that, you know. Okay, cool. You know, it's uh, there's always a little bit of poetic justice, I think, in that. Absolutely. But it's also exhausting yeah. because I want you to just listen to me the, the first time. Right. I just want right. my voice to be heard. It, it's almost hard to not be vindictive when you're saying, well, yeah. you just walked past me. I could have helped you two minutes ago. And so now, now I'm not going to help you. Yeah. Well, we had, um, so Erica and I recently had the opportunity to sit down and visit with um, a Scottish arborist living in Germany. I think I got that right. Yeah. And um, so completely different culture, a completely different country, a completely different profession. And in, you know, as we, we had this just amazing conversation with her and, you know, full of commonalities, um, like I said, this is definitely not isolated to student transportation. It's just, we have a unique, we're in a unique position of having unique jobs that not many understand. And uh, what we have in common with her is that she's also in a unique occupation that not many understand. And as we were talking, you know, one of the things that came up was that what we really wanted was just to be able to get to work. You know, like if, if I could think of a perfect day at work, it would be to go into the office and have the fact that I'm a woman not cross my mind mm-hmm. and not have to cross my mind and not have to adjust anything that I do or say simply based on the fact that I'm a woman because I want to work. That's why we're here. You know, this isn't... Um, like, oh, make things softer and easier on us. We're, we're, we're pretty tough. We can, <laughs> we can handle it. But it's that we want to be able to focus on the jobs that we were hired to do. 
So as you get as you guys move forward and grow, you you've got a Facebook yeah. page. Mm-hmm. You're you'll have more meetings, I'm sure, at a point in time. But mm-hmm. question: um, Do you encourage Mel's to join or to be a part of it? Because I see that as a huge benefit for mm-hmm. this movement. Because if you're secretive and you're having your meetings and no guys or no men are in there to hear it, <laughs> they can't hear the message either, right? I mean, they're not yeah. they're not hearing. And, and I say this because a Berenstein I'm, Bears book. <laughs> it, it, it actually happened to me recently, about a, less than a year ago. I'm a single dad. I raised. I've got two older boys. I've got three boys, but I've got two older boys that I raised mm-hmm. from the age of six and three. Their mom mm-hmm. was nowhere in the picture. Oh, like wow. I get, I get Mother's Day cards from my boys, which yeah. is one of my favorite things to get from my kids. And they're like, "Well, you are our mom and our dad, so why That's wouldn't really you give cool. you a Mother's Day card, awesome. right?" <clears throat> but also a transgender child mm-hmm. and I joined a try to join a Facebook page of mom you know support or whatever support group for moms of transgender children I'm like you know I need mm-hmm. I need to figure out how this works right I mean I mm-hmm. need help I don't know everything about it mm-hmm. and so I thought I mean I'm technically their mom you know I mean mother and mom are two different things in my opinion it's like father mm-hmm. and dad are two different things in my opinion so <clears throat> I was basically told mm, no you're not a woman mm-hmm. I'm like but you, your whole concept is support against, uh, um, you know, basically we don't want people judging our children on this and how do we support this and on, uh, based on sex, right? Based on gender, based on, right. <laughs> it's like, so you're, so you're doing that to me now. Like you're doing right. what you're saying. You don't want to happen to your kids. You're doing that to me because I'm a man, but mm-hmm. I am also my kid's mother or mom, really. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I had to do all the mom things because I was there. I was the only one there to do that. Mm-hmm. But it, it seems very hypocritical to me that they did mm-hmm. this and they wouldn't let me in. They refused to let me in. I'm like, but this doesn't make sense. We, we're all fighting the same fight. We're all in this together for the same reason. And I am technically, you know, not technically, but I'm, the, you know, my kid's mom in their eyes. Right. So yeah. I need this help too. You know, so yeah. my, my point is, if you leave people out based on, you know, because they're men, it doesn't do yeah. you any good, right? Yeah. Am I wrong? I So my uh, Voce's purpose is to help empower women to find their voice. And mm-hmm. every single human, regardless of how they identify, is a part of that mm-hmm. um, empowerment. Solution. Yeah, yeah, is a part of that solution. And yeah. um, because if... There is a culture within our society that um, men- Nikki mentioned her, she shared her story of uh, the culture that she was in. And the culture is um, tear, it is sometimes to tear down women um, so that they can't grow, they can't improve, and they can't use their voice. And um, in order to change a culture, it takes everybody and mm-hmm. every, and we all contribute it in some way or another. And so we are not excluding anybody from our purpose, which is to help empower women to use their voice. And so everybody has yeah. a part in that. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. sometimes that's education. Sometimes that's building up the women around you. Um, you know, Nikki mentioned our boss. He has been, such a strong ally and advocate for us when our voice has been um 
has been diminished or it has been squashed or somebody is Mm -hmm. not allowing us to use our voice. He has been really navigating that path of not standing in the way and not um, becoming a barrier himself, but also providing us the supports we need for our voice to be heard. And he's been a megaphone. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's, it's important for like, like Mel's to understand. And then that's why I asked that question because to have Mel's in those, in those conversations, they can hear perception, Mm -hmm. what you guys are going through. They may not realize what I've done impacts you in that way well i think you yeah. both. And, and i think every ism has that right mm-hmm. every ism out there has that like you don't know if you don't understand the other side you're fine with the ism because you don't know how it's impacting those people when you yeah, both exactly. you both were talking about that in kind of in our pre pre-show right um <laughs> that you're still learning about it right and yeah. and so oh yeah as you're you very much it, learning we're learning about it and so you don't you know I think this is where it's collaborative, right? And I think this this episode is very fitting. Here we have two males and we have two women, or you know, two females. So two two men, two women that are are kind of understanding and and, and kind of holding hands, if you will, and, and sharing this journey together. That we can both have some takeaways and like how can how can I be better in the workplace? How, and, but at the same time, I I really understand what Chad is trying to say in that, you know, I would hope that that men are allowed to the group so that they, if they want to grow and want to be better, that they can hear the examples and the stories. But I also, I can also see the, the woman's side of it in that if it's a safe, a safe space, right. For yes. them to come that all of a sudden they're like, why are these men here? Right. And they, but I think, they but feel I think vulnerable, if, I think... you know, to, I don't really want to share because I'm not comfortable because, you know, a big guy like Chad's in the room and is he going to belittle me or, you know, and so now it's just a, you know, it comes back to the two of you talking and sharing your story and them just listening where, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I'll say like a, you know, an AA meeting, right? I mean, that's the best thing that comes to mm-hmm. mind. We're all sharing our story. We're all sharing like, you know, learning and having takeaways or even just conference type stuff, right? You put every, mm-hmm. everybody in a room and do, let's, a, let's talk session, right? We just did a bunch of those uh, on Wednesday at our conference where it was specific around a group of people you all are trainers you all are administrators you all are um you know support staff that work in your organizations we had questions tailored to get them to talk about how they dealt with specific issues so um you know i hope that you know i hope that that is perceived it's not perceived as men are bad and you know (laughs) we are not anti-men make it very clear that is not at all the direction we are headed so um this is actually a subject we've talked about um gosh i don't know that there's much we haven't talked about recently but um you know i will say our conversation started behind a closed door because when pre-voce right when it was just erica and nikki sitting in dispatch between radio calls on a quiet afternoon um there were subjects i was very i was i wasn't even really ready to say out loud to anybody and there was um i can speak for myself that there's been a lot of shame that i have carried because i've had a couple more dramatic examples of sexism happen to me and i carried that shame with me and i wouldn't have at that time said that in front of a man it's interesting because now i would um if you know uh, that were a person 
if it were uh, in that moment productive to the conversation, yeah, like there's there's some caveats there. But uh, in general, now, like I'm, I feel very empowered and safe to tell my story because I've been able to, by talking about it, by finding that connection, I've been able to stop that shame. It doesn't haunt me anymore from day to day. I don't carry the weight of the things that I said while I was trying to survive in an environment, which by the way, I, I will say again, was filled with men who I consider to be brothers. They um, are people that I still carry care about so deeply. And I watched their kids grow up and I watched um, them fall in love and sometimes fall out of love. You know, like <laughs> I've, I've, We live life together in this like little fishbowl uh, I think in, in student transportation and I don't want to exclude them from the conversation. Um, and there is this tension that we have found. And as we've talked it through, um, there are some conversations that probably first, depending, you know, I, I don't even want to qualify it to women or men. There are some conversations that I first need to have in a very safe space with whoever my safe space might be. Uh, a lot of times that's Erica. It might be my husband. It might be another close friend um, or confidant. Uh, it could be a, a bunch of different people. Sometimes it even just depends on the topic, right? Um, what it is that happened and, and who happens to be around at that time. Um, but when we talk about the work that Voce is doing, um, men are always invited to the table. Men are always invited to that conversation and that's not going to change. So while there might be some individual conversations that just so that a woman can feel safe to share her story and cast off some of that shame because we've experienced it too. And sometimes you just need to talk to somebody who's been through exactly what you've been through. That's those individual conversations are a very different thing in our minds to the conversation that, you know, capital letters, bold, black, whatever, um, as a whole that Voce is having and, and starting. And so I think it's absolutely important. Um, I'm going to like pick on my husband for just a second, um, but really myself, right? Occasionally he will say something and I think like, you should have said that that was really right. And if I just carry around that resentment with me, then all that happens is I create a divide between my husband and I, and now I get to champion the, I misunderstood. Meanwhile, he was just having a Tuesday, right? And uh, said something that he didn't he didn't realize how it came. Like he's human, um, and he said something. And if I don't come back to him and say like, "Hey, this is how I experienced that comment," and he doesn't equally have a chance to say, "Oh, but that's what I meant," then we're never going to have that reconciliation. We're never going to be able to have that unity that we want. And that's what I see in student transportation, and just for women, I think in whatever facet of our lives is that until we can have these conversations, until we can reconcile and come back together, it's really hard to achieve that common purpose in our industry of transporting students safely and yeah. advancing as an industry because there's going to be that resentment, that barrier in between. And we want to break that barrier so that we can all improve. And um, these conversations now in our office are normal. We've actually like normalized talking about sexism, which I never thought <laughs> would be possible. And yet here we are. Yeah. And I think well, that, and, women and, and men. Yeah. And so, so Court, my fiance, Courtney gave me a book and, and a guy to listen to his podcast and very informative. And it's, it was when everything was going on, you know, the black lives matter movement and stuff. And that was mm -hmm. big in the news. And it was, uh, you know, people say, I'm not racist. You know? Okay. Yeah, no, we're, you know, I mean, I, right. I'm not racist. I, you know, I'm not, I, but but it's more important 
and I learned from this, from reading this book and this guy's podcast, you have to be, a, you should be, you should strive to be an anti-racist, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anti-sexist. Just saying, I'm not sexist. Yeah. But if you don't shut down the sexism, you're also mm-hmm. not anti-sexist, right? So mm-hmm. that that's where men and other people, even women, understanding mm-hmm. this more so they can work to be anti-sexist right yeah. anti-racist mm-hmm. anti i mean you got to be anti you can't just be like i'm not yeah but if you're not shutting it down mm-hmm. you're kind of sort of supporting it right you're not yeah you're not, you know you're not doing anything against it yeah um, to put it very bluntly i have been sexist against women mm-hmm. i am a woman and i have been sexist against women and sometimes that's been by not speaking up sometimes that has been by explicit things that i've said but i more than that I have some implicit bias against women. For a long time, I... Oh, so do I. Seriously. I think we all do. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about those women. Oh. I know. I know, right? But I, I actually, and you know, my friends who knew me well, um, they, they heard me say, like, I don't get along with women. I don't like women. I don't like working with women. I don't understand them. They scare me. And uh, here I am, uh, you know, starting a group to empower women, which is uh, grown a lot. Yeah, with another woman. Um, <laughs> you know, we all we all have areas and we all have blind spots and we all have things that maybe it was never even explicitly taught to us, but maybe it's just an experience we have that we've just sort of attached to somebody else. Maybe it's based out of our own fear. Maybe, I mean, it could be one of a hundred things. And often for me it is, but... I think the most important thing that anybody can bring to the conversation is a willingness to learn and a willingness to grow and a willingness uh, to be vulnerable and to listen. I'll tell you one thing I learned when Courtney and I were first dating, she bought a couple, we went shopping, she got a couple pairs of shoes mm-hmm. and I reached over to take the shoes, you know, in the store and she's like, what are you doing? I said, well, yeah, I'll, I'll carry them for you. She's, I'm a strong, independent woman. I can carry my own shoes. <laughs> so... Fast forward four years at the store, she gets something. She goes, Auntie, I'm like, you got it. You're a strong, independent woman. You can carry that. But I guess you guys laugh a lot in your relationship. I'm getting that sense. He just he just gets beat when they get home. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, so um, we're hour goes fast, right? We just, just nailed an hour. Um, just a couple more questions, just kind of bring it home. Uh, are you guys, you kind of talked a little bit earlier, not sure kind of what your, what this whole thing is going to look like. Are you going to be meeting regularly? Is it going to, is it going to be through a podcast? Is it going to be, I think you had a Zoom meeting already, like one, do you want to talk a little bit about that and kind of what your turnout was and, and how, how the, the whole experience was, was that what you thought it would be, what, you know, kind of what you envisioned when you started? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so we we've learned and we've grown and we've evolved a lot just since we started. Um, we had this really. Uh, so we talk. You've heard us say the word safe space so many times, yeah. um, and because that is so important to using your voice, is you first have to have a safe space to use it to build the confidence to be able to use it in a space that's not necessarily so safe, and so. The, the meeting that we had, we had these ideas that because of what we were, we were a group to empower women that we would automatically be a safe space. And we made this assumption that was really unfair to make. And, um, and um, 
So the Zoom meeting didn't go quite as we had hoped. We learned a lot from it and we did have some good conversation and make some good connections. But um, what we really learned is that we wanted to, we needed to sit down and decide where we were going with this and what was our true purpose. And um, through a lot of reflection and growth, we have determined and some tears and some tears. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we determined that, you know, our end game is uh, empowering people to find their voice, women to find their voice. And, uh, mm-hmm. and prior to that meeting, um, it was more so focusing on sharing your stories to be, be able to use your voice. And that wasn't necessarily, um, it didn't go as well as we had hoped. And that's okay. That's a part of the learning process. And uh, we appreciated everybody's involvement that was involved. And um, I would never, I don't think either of us would change it, how it all went. But um, uh, yeah, it was a learning process. And so we, right now, we are less focused on having more Zoom meetings. We are more focused on um creating content and the way that we want to create content right now is through our own podcast nikki's an incredible writer and so hopefully through some some more articles or whatever content um you know in whatever form uh you know she wants to go with that but um that's not to say we won't in the future have more meetings because Mm -hmm. really some of the best conversations that we've had are things like what we're doing right now or we just sit down and talk about it and so we we want to do more of that but uh right now our primary focus is more on the podcast getting that up and running and um and written content and to that end we will also add that we are not uh anti-meeting and if there is anybody who happens (laughs) to be listening that wants to sit down and just have a have an honest conversation um we would love to do that just reach out to us um we have a fancy zoom account so we would love to uh you know get some use out get some mileage out of that but um you know if anybody wants to reach out and visit or if you know you find you don't have a safe space um within your own we'd love to you know we can talk about like i don't know cats and coffee uh if that's your jam um you know until we can find that safe space but um we how would, they, how, would they, how would they, I'm sorry, how would they contact you? Like how, how do they email, yeah. website, Facebook? How do they contact you? Give us Basically, all the, give us everything. all the contact information. <laughs> yeah. So we do have a Facebook page. We're our Voce on Facebook. Um, we are also our oh, Voce. Oh, you are. Yeah. Oh, you are. Like yeah. our Voce, not a. Yeah, I just joined oh. it. Voce spelled our. E-O-C-E. So they'll, B-O-C-E, yeah, I will so, have that yeah. in the, in the episode or the, the kind of show notes for people to find yeah. it. So. Yeah. So from the top, O-U-R-V-O-C-E. Um, and that's um, our name on both Facebook and on Instagram. Um, and we've actually... And, that, and it has your two's picture. Uh, Nikki, yeah. you're in red. Right, or Erica, you're no, in red. Erica's you're red. In gray, gray. Yep. I followed yep. it a little bit ago. Yeah. Oh, there. Perfect. Um, I'm glad to know you've just been paying really focused attention to the episode. I've, been, been. I've, just, I've been reading... <laughs> <laughs> I put together I put together a model while we we're doing it a puzzle. That's perfect. That's perfect. Got some eggs on the stove. Good. Yeah. They're burning um, the, by now. After now. The other way that you can I haven't uh, seen you get up, so you're a very talented cook if you haven't burned those. That's yet. really impressive. Yeah. <laughs> like low and slow. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's many eggs. There's also our our eggs. Um <laughs> very leathery um but the other way that you can reach out to us is actually uh we we do have an email account set up so you can just email us at rvoce at gmail.com um and you know we we definitely want we found just real um 
I think, vitality in conversations just like this. We love sitting down to talk about these things and uh, frankly, hearing other perspectives, you know, before we sat down with you guys today, Erica and I were talking, I was talking about how it's a little, it's very humbling to realize how much I don't know um, and how much, how many experiences that other women have had that I haven't had. Um, our voices are two among many. And that's, you know, our goal isn't to put words in somebody's mouth. We want to hear their thoughts. And I think that's how collectively we can learn and grow. Um, and so we definitely, we love those conversations because selfishly we get so much out of them. And, uh, you know, the more that we can build a community where people are safe to come together and share experiences and ideas and thoughts and um, empower one another, uh, that's, I don't think we can go wrong with that. That's how change happens. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. So, uh, again, thank you both for coming on, Chad, coming in. I, I know it's been a long week for both of us and probably a long week for both of you. Uh, just some final thoughts. I'll let you both of you just kind of have a, you know, kind of final thoughts on the show and what you're looking forward to going forward, both school-wise and, and for your your uh, group. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, thank you both for uh, being willing to have us and let us talk non-stop for an hour uh a little bit more than that we welcome really, to our world yeah <laughs> this is what we do if we could so. do four more podcasts and not have enough well, i'd love to have you guys you know have, have both of you back on just to talk about you know dispatch or routing or uh, yeah. school yeah, bus operations so you know, we can get that we on the calendar like and and have you back sure. I, I think it's been very easy going um yeah. you know free-flowing so yeah. Right, yeah. Let, him, let him do their thing, Jason. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, Eric. I wasn't trying to talk over him. My apologies. J- Man, Jason, don't I'm silence so our voices. It's kind of counterintuitive <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, we would love to be back on sometime. But, yeah. Um, thank you for having us. And really, uh, our big thing right now is just if you're interested in hearing more, follow us on social media, reach out to us, uh, as we mentioned, in, in the ways that we mentioned earlier, because uh, we... We have started. Um, we've started something that we hope grows to be something mm-hmm. big and help uh, change, make a change that I think will be po- have a positive impact on everybody. So stay tuned. Yeah, and I would add to that that um, if you are a woman who is experiencing um, shame as a result of the experiences that you're having at work because of your gender. Um, you're not alone. We've been there. Um, and you might not be ready to talk about it yet. And that's okay. Um, we hope that you can find little ways to speak up and use your voice. And, uh, we want you to know that like, we're here, uh, we're kind of goofy and nerdy and, uh, we drank a lot of coffee, uh, <laughs> nerdy with an N nerdy. With I heard an N. dirty. So nerdy. I just <laughs> nerdy, yeah. We do shower regularly. Yes. We're very clean. Um, but you know, we, we just want you to know that you're not alone and that um, there are people who have been through the same thing and uh, want to have that conversation, you know, we're here when you're ready, but that also uh, your feelings are absolutely valid. Um, you're not overreacting. These are things, you know, it's easy to imagine that you're, it's easy to think you've just imagined the whole thing uh, and you haven't, um, you know, and both things can be true. Uh, they can be good people and they can be saying things that are hurting you. Uh, both of those things can be true. And it's really only through uniting together and having these conversations that we can create that real and lasting change. And so we look 
we look forward to just ha- being part of that conversation. Well, Chad, take us home. Take I'll us take you home. home. Chad. Yeah, Chad. Take us home. This, 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 <laughs> is, where the, this is where the wisdom. Uh, I didn't hear what you said. What? She almost made it through the whole episode without singing and then just like right there. She just, I sing a lot. Oh, okay. I started singing Country Road, but can, oh, okay. take us away, Chad. <laughs> I, I think, I think, like with most movements and, and most issues, social issues, personal issues, whatever, there has to start. It has to start with a conversation. Yeah. Has mm-hmm. to, I mean, because otherwise, nobody knows this is you know the feelings of other people about it. Mm-hmm. I think it's great what you guys are doing, and I and, and I've been a part of it. I've seen not of your organization, but I've seen this happen. And I, I know I've, I've done it in my mm-hmm. life. I'm not going to say I've never been sexist. Absolutely. I know I have hundred mm-hmm. percent. I know I have, I, I was right before I got on the podcast and no, I'm just kidding. I wasn't, um, but, <laughs> but to, to start the conversation, but I think like I, the point I made earlier, and I, obviously you guys, it sounds like you guys agree is that I also feel it's important for everybody to, to be a part of the conversation, hear the conversation. Otherwise, yeah. the part, mm-hmm. the, the ones that, the ones that are the most guilty, aren't hearing the message, right? Yeah. And so I, I encourage everybody to follow, even if you don't think you are, even if you don't think you need it. Follow, listen. When they get a podcast going, tune in, listen to it, because you're going to learn something. Everyone will learn something. Every female will learn, will learn something. Every male will learn something. We're learning and, things. Yeah, <laughs> far yeah. from experts. We're just yeah. people with experience. And I, I mean, you know, we have a sign in our front yard. Feminism is for everyone. You know, be mm-hmm. kind to all. You know, all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm all for all those messages, 100. Mm-hmm. Probably not as much before I met Courtney, but she's taught me a lot. She sounds great. Yeah, yeah I would love to meet her. <clears throat> you should invite her next time. <laughs> oh yeah, she would. Yeah, she would love you guys. She, she's got some stories, but. And, you know, and she's a social worker, licensed clinical social worker. So this is yeah. all stuff that she's learned. She specializes in children's mental health. And, and so uh-huh. she's, she's taught me a lot of things that, you know, and even point out like, yeah, that was, that was, you know, whatever. I'm like, Oh, was it? How so? And, she, you know, <laughs> and, um, and I fought back on some of it because I didn't agree with her until I really heard the other side of it. And then it started to make sense. And that's why I yeah. think the conversation involving everybody is so important because, yeah. I know, I know a lot of sexist men. I know a lot of them. And some of them are good friends of mine. So I go yeah. back to the anti-sexist thing, right? Mm-hmm. But you're, there's also that fear of being excluded from the club or the friendship mm-hmm. or the, you know, if you, if you speak out against it. And that's why it's important for them to start hearing the other side and what, what you're doing and, and how it affects other people, how it impacts other people's lives. So maybe, you know, everyone can start to change some. And, and again, mm-hmm. there's, like you said, you know, uh, Nikki, I mean, there's, there's sexist women, a lot of them. And it, is it because of fear of being excluded? Is it fear of losing the power they've gained? Is it, you know, whatever the reason is, or maybe they don't like the other women in their, you know, in their organization <laughs> yeah. and they don't want to, they don't want them to come up and be a part of it. Who knows? But I, congratulations it's great that people out there are doing what you guys are doing i hope it grows i hope it gets huge hope to see you on 
whatever the next big talk show is now that Ellen's going away. <laughs> I think we're hoping for a TED Talk. So, you know, hey, TED, TED Talk, yeah, people, TED if talk, you're listening, yeah. we're in. We are in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. yeah so I, I will, I tried, I said I followed your Facebook. I checked it and for some reason it's not letting me follow. I do have it liked, so you might check on that because it won't let me follow. <laughs> I'll let you, you know. Maybe I need to change my profile picture and then and I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, definitely <laughs> not. So anyway, good luck. I wish you guys the best, and um, I hope a lot of people learn a lot of things from you. Yeah, and, thank I, you. and I appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll ditto everything that he said. It's very nice to meet both of you. Uh, look forward to having you on the show in the future, and I hope the rest of your summer school and hopefully you get a little bit of a summer break. So before school starts. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Thanks. Yeah. That's the goal. All right. Well, thanks again to everybody. Um, I think probably by the time this comes out, school's going to probably just be almost underway. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah, we're releasing like every two weeks. So mm -hmm. got a few in the library that I got to release, produce and release. But, uh, again, we're we're getting there, and, and I, I think we're picking up listeners. And, you know, so hopefully this will, you know, feel free to share this on on your show and are your in your group and you know wherever you yeah. want to ride it out to share it at the the ipta coming up good luck with that and i hope yeah, that uh, the conference is a is a good success and and maybe next year we'll we'll take our show on the road and you know be traveling through maybe i can see if chad uh take a little vacation or if you think tom would allow you to travel business wise tom doesn't ever know where i'm at <laughs> yeah you well know, cedar rapids iowa is usually one of the top contenders for uh vacation or vacation location i've, I've been to i've been to a bus yeah. conference in des moines which was okay. gorgeous yeah. oh my god what a beautiful city that so is many. so much corn to do fields. there and co yeah. Yeah, corn and then i've driven to Rapids before <laughs> yeah it's a it's a great state if no one's been there i encourage you to take your family there for a long summer vacation yeah and uh, yeah forget the beach forget the mountains go to des moines corn those yeah. cornfields, man. <laughs> Go pick some corn you know, I actually family. did. I actually had the thought driving home. that I was like, oh, corn's about knee high. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh I have no. been here too long. Oh, <laughs> no, so, what I'm saying by that is, you know, you ever want us to come down to Arizona, you just let us know. And hey. uh, yeah. also we are in. You don't want to come so, right so, now because so, it's 115. So you okay. want to come If you ever want like... us to come to Arizona in February, yeah, you just let you us know that we are in. <laughs> So one last, I want to, I want to one last time the Gmail address, our voce, O-U-R-V-O-C-E at gmail.com. That is right? correct. You he nailed it. it. Like nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I've been, I've been practicing <laughs> this whole time. Like I'm going to nail this. When uh, I get this <laughs> you did it. Uh, Erica and Nikki have a wonderful weekend and um, I'll, we'll, we'll catch up in a few days. How's that? Sounds right. great. Thank you. Have All a good right. one. See everybody. Uh, take Thanks, care. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. 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 You've been listening to Hey Bus Driver. Thanks for being part of our community. If you're a student transportation professional, you are part of our family. The show is coming to a close, but you can reach out online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hey Bus Driver Podcast. And check out the website at www.heybusdriver.com. Till next time, this is Hey Bus Driver, signing off.